how did you end up getting caught with 4.2 million pounds worth of heroin? My fucking back window's gone smash and then all of a sudden, this is Gary Mansfield who's being charged with being knowingly involved in the importation of class A drugs. 4.2 million pounds worth, you dirty bag, you know what I mean? What did you actually get? You actually got 14? 14. 14 years. Yeah, I know. And you didn't have a scooby what was going not on. Clue. Welcome to the Eventful Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Dodge, and I'm the founder of Bournemouth Sevens, the world's largest sport and music festival. On this podcast, I speak to proper characters of all lived eventful lives. Do us a favour and hit that follow button and be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at Dodge Woodall, where we've now had over 100 million views. Gary Mansfield is a reformed criminal who got caught up transporting £4.2 million worth of heroin. Gary talks for his life in prison, taking drugs, and how his life turned upside down, bringing him to the brink of suicide. This is the eventful life of Mr. Gary Mansfield. Gary, welcome to the show, mate. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, very much looking forward to this one. Let's roll all the way back. Where did you grow up and how did you get caught with £4.2 million worth of drugs? Uh, well, it's a bit of a, a, a big gap in between the, the two there. I grew up in Dagenham. Uh, in Essex, East London, Essex border, um, single family, council estate, um, just enjoyed getting into trouble really when I was <laughs> younger. Um, I was always a good kid up until I got to about 10 or something mm. and I don't know how it changed, but, um, yeah, I, I can remember playing knockdown ginger and liking the chase. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then it come to, I know it sounds a little bit Beano, but literally knocking a copper's helmet off and getting the chase off of them through the like the garages next to our flats, you know. Um and it just sort of went from there. When all my mates started going to work, I was still doing like silliness, you know. Yeah. yeah. And um I I do remember one time we was walking across these garage roofs as kids. We was about 14, 15, and one of my mates fell through the asbestos roof. And as we was pulling him up, he was standing on these boxes. And one of them, well, my other mate, Terry, said, like, what's in the boxes? And there was just stuff. And it turns out it was some sort of local fella's lockup, you know, like the local Arthur Daly. And we was passing all this stuff through the <laughs> roof, you know. And then we realised, that's where I think, where I can trace it back. That's when I realised that you can earn money from, you know, being a pain in the arse. Yeah. Um, and that's where it went from there, really. Okay. So from so from now, I'm gonna roll back a little bit. You said you're from a, a single family. Yeah. Were you living with your mum or your dad? Mum. Your mum. And yeah. what 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 happened there? And oh, dad shot off when. Well, I can't even remember him yeah. being there. You know, um, it was always me, mum, and my little brother. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've often thought as well the nurture over nature thing. Um, and I'm not sure which way around that is because my brother's just a good guy, you yeah. know, and it was me who went off track. So. Um, yeah, I don't quite know what happened there. Mm. Were you uh, the younger brother? No, I was the older. You're the older, yeah. yeah. Okay, taking the lead. Yeah. So moving on, so like, so living with your mum, was she was she grafting hard? Was she going around earning she money was, to get you to? Yeah, she was one of those okay. two jobs. Yeah, you know, cleaner of a yeah. morning and then doing the job in the afternoon. Yeah. And so obviously, it must have been quite tough living on on the estate in mm. growing up in those times. What what sort of year are we talking here? We're we talking eighties, early eighties, um, late seventies, early eighties. Okay. Okay. And when you were going that sort of 14 age, when you're thinking, right, I'm going to earn a load of dough here if I'm passing things on, getting something with tennis, selling it with 20s and doubling your money or whatever, 
did that start to excite you, knowing that you could earn a pound note and bring it back to the family house? And Yeah, and, and that started off, again, I know it all sounds very sort of romantic, <laughs> you know, novel type stuff, but just it started nicking milk off the off the milk float, you know, yeah. while it was parked downstairs at the flats and, you know, getting get milk and bread off of there as a young kid. But then the where it did turn a lot was in the early 80s when the casuals started yeah. coming in and people were paying for their logos, you know, the Lacoste and Pringle and that sort yeah. of thing. And then discovering the fake clothing, mm. that was while I was at school. Mm. And then um, started selling fake clothing at school. Mm. And then I was doing that for years. Really. That's an easy earner, one yeah, of the fake snides. So. Absolutely, very much so. Absolutely. So what? So when? What did? What was the progression really from fourteen up to eighteen? Were you? Did you stay at school at sixteen? Did you leave school? Do you what? Still at school at sixteen. Yeah. Um, left me dad had um, pubs. He was a, a landlord. Really? Um, yeah, one of the sort of toughest pubs in Dagen called the Churchill. Okay. So that was a yeah that was a, a quick growing up session. Yeah. When I went to stay with him in there. Did you, did you go back to stay with him just to visit? Yeah, well, because I was getting in so much trouble, um, my mum contacted me dad because I didn't see him yeah. much at all. And um, I'd gone to court when I was like 13 or 14. Four. Um, we was jumping. We went through a skylight in a school during the summer holidays and got captured in there. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so my dad got called in. But... I'd heard all of these stories about my dad. And when like I'd see people in the street or mates' dads and they'd go, Oh, you Terry's boy. And then they'd go, Oh, Terry this, Terry that. Yeah. So I weren't afraid of him. I sort of looked up to yeah. this person I didn't really know. And then when I've met him and he sort of lived up to to what I had heard of him, yeah. you know, knowing all of these people, his yeah. friends were all of these names that are in books yeah. and stuff, you yeah. know. And uh I thought, oh, I thought that was the the dog's bollocks. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that was probably one of the worst really, things that could have okay. happened to me, you know. I grew up in Boozers in London. Yeah? Yeah. And you, you're right. You look up to your old man if he's a face and everyone knows him as a face yeah. and you're the son looking up. And interesting that you didn't have that. I grew up from the age like three up to 18 living in Boozers, moving around in yeah. the flats above. Interesting that you went there and found your dad at 14. It must have been a good buzz knowing that he was a face and you felt oh, a bit protected. And did because it, yeah. at the time, that was at a time when I wanted to be a... I wanted to be well known, and, yeah. you know, and I, I didn't know how to go about it. So I was just doing fuggy things, which is pretty much what I did do yeah. for quite a lot of it, you know, try and make a name for myself, but I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then when I go there and everyone knew him, so then I was His son. Terry's yeah, son, of course. you know, so yeah, yeah, then yeah. that gave me a little bit of a, Street cred. And name, yeah. Yeah, okay. And what was that relationship like when you went back to your old man? You obviously hadn't really seen him for 14 years. Are you like, Dad, I've missed you? Well, it, uh, no, it definitely no, wasn't No, okay. I, I mean, I don't ever remember to this day I've not called him Dad. Okay. But um, it was, it was. I was just looking up to him, yeah. you know. It was it was that sort of worshipping type of thing. Yeah. And, and we was always only ever mates. It was never really a father and son mm. relationship, you know. That's okay too. Yeah. Was he, was he, when you talk to mates, he's like, yeah, mate, there's 20 quid, there's 50 quid, go and sort yourself out. Was it yeah. kind of that relationship? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. What did you learn from your dad? Uh, oh, man, it was just all the, it, everything I'd not want my kids to learn, you know. Um, it was, as I say, it was being more like a pal. We'd, we'd, we'd have tear ups in the pub standing next to each other, yeah. you know. Yeah. I don't mean with him. Yeah. I mean alongside yeah. him, you know. Yeah, of course. Um, 
But back in the pubs in the 80s, like, oh, yeah. my old man was a bodybuilder as a manager of the pub, as his boozer. Yeah. It's funny, growing up, you're seeing your old man knocking people out and having tear-ups. It's like, what's yeah, going on here? It becomes or, the norm. It becomes the norm. Yeah. And you grow up to, the, to be in that, you know, part of life. Yeah, I mean, I, at the time, I loved it. I look back now and I fucking cringe. Absolutely. Oh, you cringe, do you? Oh, yeah. What, yeah. you cringe on how you were brought up in that pub game? Uh, as an old, or the cringe, or how you, the journey you went on? Oh, the journey I went on. Okay. You know, I wish I didn't, but, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without it, that's yeah. for sure. But um, it, it made me, when I did have my own children, it did make me go, well, if if this is how, I'm, n- I'm not knocking my old man, because yeah. he was just- Is he still about today? He, he is, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't see much of yeah. him. But he was just living his life and I joined it, yeah. you know. He wasn't trying to be a father figure to me, yeah. that's that's for sure. He was your mate. He was, yeah, he yeah. was my pal. And it was good for me then. But as a father figure, it was totally wrong. And I'm not knocking him for yeah. that, you know. But what it, that did enable me to do when I had children to learn. was to go, yeah. well, whatever I might have done with him then, yeah. I definitely won't do with mine because yeah. I don't know where I went wrong. And it was obviously just a sort of domino effect of all little bits and pieces that, you know, led up to, to what I was at that time. But I just made sure that whatever I'd done as a kid, I didn't allow my yeah. boy to do. So he never had much freedom, my lad, yeah. growing up. But he's a he's turned out to be a really good, yeah. a really good guy, you know. So when you were you going back visiting your dad or were you living with your dad? I was living with my dad in the pubs at the time. Okay, from the age of fourteen to yeah. when? Um roughly. It was probably f- it might have even been thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen to like 17. Okay, so you'd have seen a lot in those three, yeah. four years. Oh, okay. definitely. And, and the thing was, because my dad could handle a pub in Dagnum and Barking, yeah. and he was well known in yeah. them areas, um, when he sort of cleaned up one pub that was rough, yeah. the brewery would move him into another same one. Same <laughs> Yeah, so that's well, what he would yeah. do. He would go yeah, from yeah, one yeah. rough pub to another. Yeah. Clean it up. So I was yeah. just meeting, I mean, you know what pubs are like. They've yeah. all got their own little bit of hierarchy yeah. and, yeah. you know, the the villain of the pub, if you like. Yeah. So I was getting to know all of them and, yeah. you know, that sort of thing, which at the time I thought was, yeah. you know, was the bee's nose. What was, what was your movements then from six? Did you stop school at 16? Yes. Okay. And what was your movements worked then? In the, the, worked in the pub. Worked in the pub, yeah. Alongside Beyond the yeah. bar, glass collecting. Yeah, all, all of that all sort stuff. of thing, yeah. And what was your, on, on the side, obviously you were doing that in the pub, on, what were you doing on the side? Was the clothing? Yeah. No, I mean it wasn't all the time. It was I'd stop and start, but it wasn't until I got to about twenty. I was doing like doors and clubs, and and that was the thing because I was around all of these blokes. I wanted to impress them, yeah. so it'd be having tear ups. Yeah. And I ain't. I'm not trying to say I'm a, yeah. a brilliant fighter because I've got a, a good first punch. Mm. If they don't go down <laughs> on the first one, I'm cattle. <laughs> you out of breath. Yeah. So I'm not trying to make yeah. myself yeah, out yeah, to yeah, be yeah. some fucking hard nut. Yeah. But um, yeah, I can I can work my mouth okay. You know, yeah. I'm a pretty likable bloke. Yeah. So on the door, um, I could handle the door okay yeah. with, you know, with other guys as well. Um, if it kicked off, I was all right going up front, yeah. um, but as I say, I, w- I weren't uh, the best fighter in the world. Mm, so. I think you're putting yourself down, but I've heard some good rumours, Gary. Oh well, there you go. Some good rumours. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> What's the what? So, did you when you moved on the doors? How many years were you doing that for? And what were you doing on the side? Was it still the Schneiders as well on the side? Yeah, well, yeah, and then also it's everything that a, a big ugly bloke does. So it was debt collecting. Um, you know, if someone wanted someone clumped, I'd go and do that sort of thing, mm. you know. 
um, bodyguarding, you know, all them sort of yeah. anything that a big ugly bloke would do, mm. you know. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Unless it went wrong and I got a good idea. <laughs> that weren't much fun. But it was, um, no, it was, it, I was, I was all about bravado, you know what mm. I mean? And it made me, I had my own ego, my own aura that I was creating. Yeah. And as far as I was concerned, I was a big time villain. Yeah. As far as anyone else was concerned, I was just this fucking yeah. fuck, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I didn't see myself as yeah. that at the time. Yeah. And what sort of ages did this go on for? Up until I was nicked, really, doing all of that. Okay. Because um, I'd get to know these other people and, you know, stepping up the ladder and getting to know these yeah. bigger names, you know. Um, and that's where it went a bit dodgy because then you get to know those people and they're only up the top for, you know, one reason. Yeah. They'll be using people yeah. like me, you know, mm. go and mm. have a word with him, go and bring him to mm. me, you know, that sort of thing. And me, like a div, would be going, all right then, yeah. Yeah, I'll go and do that yeah. for you. Thinking um, I was part of the team yeah. when really I'm just being... Being used. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're being used, but you're getting paid. Yeah. And yeah. you were like in the springing step thinking, yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. What was the what was the time? Were you using drugs from a young age? Never. Never no. used, never went on. I had a joint when I was at school. Yeah. When I was like 15. Didn't like it. I was around the rave scene when it, since it started. Never had a pill. Yeah. Um, never had a line of gear till I went in jail. Yeah. Definitely never done anything. Yeah. Any of the dirty drugs, you know. But no, they were never for me. As you can see, I'd rather have a plate of food than a, <laughs> <laughs> than a line of gear. Did you, did you, when you were going on the, what age were you when you got nicked? 26. 26. What was the build up to all of that? So I'd be getting um, fake clothing from, you know, various different people. Um, the guys that I was getting it from, from Manchester, oh, I'd, I would be selling, um, you'd have the guys who were selling on the streets, mm. the guys who were supplying the guys on the streets, mm. and I was supplying those. Okay. So I was one down or maybe two down from the manufacturer, yeah. if you like. Yeah. Um, they'd be like the manufacturer, the importer, then I'd yeah. be one of several. Um, and yeah, so, so that was me. And I always had a bag of, you know, whatever aftershaves yeah. and what, you know, what it's yeah. like. Yeah. Um, and then, the guys that I was getting it from, they, they their place where they was manufacturing it was over in um, like Yugoslavia, and, mm. and then it all kicked off. With, uh, sorry, it was in Croatia. Yeah. Then it all kicked off over there, didn't mm. it? Bosnia, Croatia. So they got shut down. So I started getting it off this other guy, and I've been with him for about six months, and then that's where it all went wonky from there. And where was this other guy from? He was from Essex. He's from Essex, yeah. okay. Or in and around Essex. I didn't really. Knowing that well, I knew that they, the guys I used to do, used to work with him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just contacted a friend of theirs and said, like, you know, can I start getting it from you? And okay. I'm like, yeah, sure. And how did that relationship build before you got nicked? Uh, well, it was, I was buying off of them, you know, regular. So it was that sort of thing. You know, I never went out with them or anything mm. like that. You know, I got to, you have to get to know them to sort of mm. have a bit of trust. And how long was that trust building for? Oh, only a few months okay. until it uh, properly burst, yeah. And tell me, tell me, you've never been involved in drugs. or How did you end up getting banged up, caught with £4.2 million worth of heroin? Yeah, so I was going, I had lots of mates um, dotted all around the country, and I had friends up in Liverpool. So I'd mentioned to this guy that 
Sid is what I call him. It's not quite his name, but I've always called him Sid. Um, I said to him, I'm going up to Liverpool to visit some friends. He said, well, we've just had a load of labels come through. And at the time, they'd embroidered and um, sewed the labels on. Yeah. They weren't embroidered in. Yeah. So it'd be rings, rolls of labels on a big round um, thing that I'd seen, you know, dozens of times before, hundreds of times before. Would I drop them to their guys in Birmingham who had the sweatshops, putting yeah. them in the T-shirts and all the yeah. clubber? So I said, yeah, sure. So I met them on a Saturday morning, got all of these these bags, nothing out of the ordinary that I've not seen before. Put them, <laughs> put them in the boot of my motor. And this was on a, a lorry park in Essex. And there was a cafe in the middle of the lorry park that this fella owned. And uh, so it's all gravel and, you know, it's a massive big expanse with this cabin in the middle. And as I'm reversing out, and this in, I don't know if you know Essex, but it's in Perthley, mm. like an industrial area. As I'm reversing out of this space along the main road, I could see a van chasing a, um, a cavalier, um, a, p- a police van, sorry. Mm. I saw a police van chasing this cavalier in my rear view mirror. And it's coming to the car park. And because it's all gravel, it was very Sweeney, you know, mm, the yeah, back of the car yeah. going and that sort of thing. Um, and they're coming towards me. And I figured um, that the van, police van, was chasing the car. But in the driving seat was a guy in a shirt and tie. And bearing in mind, this was all in a split second. Mm. And there was a woman in her mid to late thirties in the front. She's come run, the car's come to a halt. She's opened the door, come running towards me. And I'm like, surely she ain't going to try and um, sort of hijack me car. Cause I thought I was getting chased, you yeah, know? Yeah. And then just as she's got near me, she's holding something. She's shouting at me as well. Um, my fucking back window's gone smash. And then all of a sudden there's just noise everywhere, you know, and this big come up cause it shocked me, you know? There's noise, there's dust, my door's come open. I'm getting dragged out by the old bill, you know. And I've stood up next to the car, and I I don't quite know how, but I ended up with a key ring around my thumb. I'm just holding my hands in the air, like, what the fuck's going on here? Then the copper's kicked my left foot away, and I've gone down and hit my chin on the roof Mm. of the car. And I've turned around to to lump him, you know. (laughs) And then... The one behind him was just holding a, a gun out and he's going, go on, go on. And I was like, fucking hell. So I've just turned back round and then it was just pretty much a, a blur. You know, I've just stood there like that and they're just like patting me down and cuffed me up, put me in the back of the car. And I remember sitting in the back of the car and they're taking these bags out the back of my motor and I'm thinking, fucking all this commotion. Yeah, helicopter flying about as well, you know, all this commotion. They're going to be gutted when they fucking open these parcels up, you know. And they, they laid them out and they're photographing them all while I'm in the back of me. And they're asking me, you know, name, address, that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, what's in the, in the packages? You know, no comment, no comment. Get down the police station. <clears throat> and, uh, wasn't until we got up to the desk when the, this female who was booking me in turned out to be customs. And even that didn't frame me when she said she was customs because it's, Clobber isn't really a criminal offence. It's a copyright thing, you know. So, um, yeah, they'd they'd booked me in and it was, um, this is Gary Mansfield who's being charged with being knowingly involved in the importation of class A drugs, namely diamorphine. And I was like, what the fuck? In my head, I'm thinking morphine's in hospitals, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know diamorphine was, was heroin. And then I've gone, what fucking, because I said, well, you know, what's diamorphine? 
And just then, as, as this is going ahead, I've heard the gates opening, they're bringing someone else in. And it was the fella who had introduced me to these guys and set up this fucking meet. So, you know, I've said, what's dying morphine? She said, heroin. I was like, fucking heroin. And then I've seen this fella and I've gone towards him, trying to get hold of him. And I've got these, and I've said, I've said this a few times before, but it was like, you know, when you're messing about as a kid in the swimming pool and you're mm. trying to run and you've yeah, got that resistance yeah. of the water. Mm. That's what I had here. It, it yeah. started getting this resistance. It turned out it was these fucking coppers trying to stop me from getting to this fella, you know. But um, yeah, so that was it. Got nicked for that. Went to, went to court. Um, on remand for a year. And I'm, I'm like, well, how the fuck can I get out of this? And the pals I was with we were like, just fucking put them up, put their names up. And I was like, that ain't, that ain't really my thing. And they're going, we'll go and do an 18 or a 20 then, you know, because it's 4.2 million pounds worth. And they're going like, they've got you involved in this without your knowledge. Just stand up in court and fucking point to them. And I was like, that ain't me. And they're going, well, look, if anyone wants to say anything, tell, like, point them towards us, you know. And I was like, no, I can't do it. And even even on the day when it comes to me having to stand in the dock and um, the barrister saying is Sid in this, you know, in this courtroom, I looked over to the geezer who I was calling Sid because he was nicked as well. Because it wasn't Sid I was trying to get to in the police station. That yeah. was someone else. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I've looked over to him and, uh, yeah, the barrister said he's Sid in this building. I've looked over and he's just put his head down. And I did think then, if I say that's in there, I could get maybe a four because I'm I'm saying I thought it was clobber and you can still get nicked for the clobber, you know. And then I went, no, knowing then I'd fucking sail myself down the river, you mm. know. And as soon as I said no, he just looked up, looked at his family and went, yes. Didn't even fucking look at me. And it was then I thought, you dirty shitbag, you know what I mean? Properly used, properly used, properly mugged off. That's what I was. Wow. When you were on remand, what was going through your head when you were with your barrister? Was he saying you're going to get an 18 if you say not guilty or guilty? What was what was what was the what well, were the that, sums? Was it would it reduce to seven or what did you actually? You actually got fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, Jesus. Fourteen years. Yeah, I know. And you didn't have a Scooby. What was going not, not on? Not a clue. Not a clue. My God. But that's, that's the fucking drug game, though. Yeah. They they don't give a fuck. They're all wrong-uns. You know, no matter what anyone says. Yeah. I'm not saying 100% of them are wrong-uns, yeah. but a fucking high percentage of them are wrong-uns, you know. It's not a, not a good fucking thing to be involved with, that's for sure. And completely naive to what was going on. Yeah. You were just thinking there was a load of lacrosse me, badges and Ralph me, badges. Me pals, and anyone who knew me were like, Drugs, yeah, you know, because I just didn't. It weren't my cup of tea. Yeah. I weren't even a drinker. Yeah, yeah, I done, I done nothing. So who do you think pulled you in? Who do you think pulled you in on that whole thing, saying, "Okay, well, I can't get him from uh, Croatia. I can't get him from what you got. I've got another fella here. I'm going to go to him and get all my schneids." Was this? Was there a group of them? Or was there one? Oh, well, it turns out that the group I went to were also when they was bringing the gear in. Yeah, they were just bringing like bringing the clobber in. Yeah. They was bringing the gear in as well. Yeah. Where, where were this group from? What, the, the ones got nicked with? They Ma were from Manchester. Essex. All no, Essex as well, were they? Essex, yeah. And how long had you known them for? Six months. Just 
turning up, getting like they'd, they'd phone me up, say, oh, we've got this, 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 and this. Or it was just like a, like a trading company, you know. I'd say, oh, have you got any more of those yeah. tracksuits, trainers, watches, yeah. aftershave, whatever was whatever I was selling a lot at the time. So I'd just go down there, fill up the van, and then fuck off, you know. So what's that feeling like being in remand, knowing that you didn't have a clue about what was going on? Well, it was, you know, when you see like, when you see an old girl or an old boy on the yeah. on the news who's just been like scammed yeah. and you can see the fucking shame in their eyes. Yeah. That it's that what's hurt them, not the losing a few grand. Yeah. It's that being had over. Yeah. That's what I felt. I felt proper mugged off. You know, I felt like these people think I'm a fucking dick. And yeah. obviously I've proved I am by mm. fucking falling for it. You mm. know what I mean? That was the, that was the hard thing. But again, when I've gone into prison, this is me being a fucking muggy thug mm. at the time. Mm. When I've gone into the prison, unbeknownst to me, you know that bit where I said um, a copper was holding a gun at me yeah. and I've turned around to give him a yeah. right-hander and then I've just gone fucking yeah. hell. That's filtered back somehow that I wasn't aware of this. But when I turned up in prison, they'd heard that a copper had pulled a gun out on me and I chinned him. Mm. So I've turned up in prison, all of these guys, like normally when you go into a jail and the wings open, if mm. you like, you know, all the cells are open, they'll all stand down and stare you out and, you know, give a bit of intimidation. When I've walked in, I've looked around and like people aren't even making fucking eye contact, mm. you know, because they've heard that this fucking crank has turned yeah. up who's chinned a, a copper with a gun, you know, which weren't the case. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that just made me feel good. Mm as pathetic as it sounds, the 26-year-old me felt good that he was going into fucking prison and people thinking he was this big villain because yeah. that's what I'd always wanted to be. Right. It turned out I was just the newest fucking mug walking through the yeah. door, you know. Yeah. How long was the <coughs> court me. case before they say, right, you're on remand? And when they say you're on remand, do they give you sort of timescales? No, it's generally, I mean, the smaller cases will take less of a time, but it's mm. genuinely about a year. And I'm quite sure that there are a certain amount of dates. Like, you know, when you get arrested, then you go to magistrate's mm. court, then you go to magistrate's court again. Mm. You go to magistrate's court for one thing um, and you just plead. I don't even think you put a plea in, you just confirm your name and address. Mm. Then there used to be a thing called pleas and directions when you go to court and the magistrate says, yes, this is big enough to go to Crown or magistrates will deal with it. Obviously, you know, we're fucking 4.2 million. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't going to deal with it in the magistrates, yeah. are they? Um, yeah, so, so there are time lengths that they have to adhere to, but they're they're quite long. So it was a, it was a year-ish before I went to, to trial. So what prison did they put you in? Chelmsford. Straight away? Straight away, yeah. As soon so as you was, got nicked with the old bill. Went to Gray's Police Station. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, when I did, because I was thinking, oh, fucking hell, I was, I've still been a proper... Yeah. Div going, oh, this is, you know, I'm, I'm one of these, I'm a, you know, yeah. a bit of a big lad. And then just before, when we was going to prison from Gray's, I remember we pulled up at the traffic lights and there was a big, it was like a solicitor's or a, a big shop. And I could see that there was a police van behind us and a police van in front. And when we've stopped at the lights, I've looked out the little black window and I could see the door open and armed old Bill have got out the fucking, um, out the van, you know, and then I thought, this is heavy. 
then we, we put we started going yeah. a bit then with realization you know me me ego would stop being fed yeah and uh i thought oh, this ain't this ain't good then when i got into prison i had to sort of pull me shoulders back and my chest out and and sort of try and be this fucking villain again yeah. you know did you were you putting on a front in prison oh definitely you are definitely. like you being now right you're a you're a humble reformed Good bloke. If you look back at yourself, how would you, you describe yourself when you went into prison oh, that day? Oh, fuck. Yeah, a okay. fuck, yeah. Fuck. Breaking down a thug? Sorry? How would you break down what you oh, describe just, as a thug? It was just violent. Um, although saying that, and I, I knew it was a front, and I'd the, the me, the real me, always knew it was a front because yeah. when I used to do – a lot of violent criminals will always justify what they've done or you will justify what your mate's done, you know, even if they're bang out of order, even if you're bang out of mm. order. When I was bang out of order to people, if I give them a dig when they didn't mm. really deserve it or I was feeling so much frustration, I've just, mm. you know, said, well, have that then, you mm. know, and give them a fucking right hand or whatever mm. I might have given at that point. When I walked away... That never fucking sat well with me, you know, so I knew it weren't the right yeah. me. I'd done it out of frustration um, or bravado because there was other people there to try and give it the big one. But when I was alone, I regretted it, you know, yeah. so I knew that the real me, that that person weren't the real me. Mm. But for whatever reason, I didn't really know how to be the real me without being someone that I hoped others might look up to. Mm. And it turns out when you're that sort of person, no one looks up to you. Mm. They're just fucking frightened of yeah. me, you know. Yeah. Which is, I was getting respect and fear yeah. mixed up. Yeah. At, at that point in my life, they were both the same thing. Who was in the court that day? Was your old man and mum in the court that oh, day? No, no, my uncle was. Okay. Why was your mum and dad not in there? Do you know? I didn't, I didn't want anyone up there. Okay. I wanted my uncle, or I wanted someone there just to re, re... I knew I was going to wade dodge. You did, did you? I knew I knew I was going to plead. I mean, I pled not guilty. But when I knew, I knew the one question that could get me off the ship was pointing the main fella out. And that was Sid? That was Sid. And... I was 80% sure I wasn't going to name him. But I had the echoes of like these other people that I knocked about with who were going, no, fucking point the thing. That's the right mm. thing to do. He's mugged you off putting you there, mm. you know. He's grasped you up by not telling you it was gear. Mm. So you've got the right to fucking do it. But we all grew up, right? You never grasp and you have respect. Were you going in there going, if I grasp, people are going to know me as a grass. Do I want that or do I want to take the extra bird? That's that's how I was yeah, at okay. first. But because my pals yeah. were going, or people I was you know, knocking about with were going, no, this isn't grassing because they've put you in that position. Yeah. To me, it still was. You know, they may well have been right, but I was looking at myself, whether I could look over my shoulder years later and go, no, I've done the right thing. Mm. I weren't willing to take that gamble and know that for years I might be carrying something I've done wrong mm. that didn't sit well with mm. me, you know. My thing was never grass. Yeah. And I still saw that as grass. And no matter what these other guys were saying that it wasn't, I couldn't justify it like they was justifying yeah. it. I couldn't imagine being in that position because when you're brought up not to grass and you're put in the dock and you're said, right, is that fella in here? And you look at him going, 
you've stitched me up and you've said, no, there's not. But Within that second, did you plan that in your mind going, I ain't doing it? Or were you just toying, do I say it? Do I not say it? Do I say it? What was going through your head? I always had it in mind that I wouldn't because that's the fucking law I was living by. Yeah. You know, it was that them unwritten rules, yeah. which it turns out is a load of bollocks. Yeah. With hindsight, now, whether I, I'd probably now say to someone the same as what them guys were saying to me. They fucking bolted you up. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. That's, that's their, you know. But, um, yeah, I was too intent on living by those rules. And whether it was the right or wrong thing, yeah, I couldn't. When, when push comes to shove and I had the opportunity, when you get told you've got to flick a coin, yeah. you've got to make a decision because the judge and jury don't take, well, I don't want to answer that question as an answer. Mm. It's yes or no, you know. Mm. So I had to either point at him and say, that's him, or just say, no, he's not in here. But why did you say not guilty? And they give you an opportunity to say it was him, but then you still went not guilty. Well, because I was surely, saying, if surely you would have gone, it ain't him. I've got to take it on until if I go guilty, I'm going to get a lesser sentence. Was that? Did your barrister tell you that? Oh yeah, yeah. But I, I, I couldn't go guilty because I my charge was knowingly involved in the importation of class A drugs. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, well, I didn't. That wasn't me. Know. Yeah. Okay. You, no one can. I'll say like Donald Trump here. This is what he's saying yeah. at the moment. You can't prove what's going on in my head. Yeah. So it's only me who knows that I was in, that I knew that that was gear or it wasn't. Yeah. And I'm saying I had not, no not fucking guilty, yeah. idea. Okay. But did your barrister say to you, if you go guilty, you're going to get a lesser sentence? Yeah. What was that sentence for on a on a on a guilty? Oh, it would have been a bit less, roughly. So, well, see, this is the hard thing. I got the lowest anyway. There, there was two of us, out of the five of us nicked, two of us went away. The other geezer got a 16. Um, I got, although I got 14, it was the absolute minimum. Oh my God. Because when um, everything's got, the, the judges go by, um, they've, they've got variables, yeah. you know. So when it goes above, I think it's when it goes above 20 kilos or 10, whatever it is. What kilo was it? It was well, it was it was um, fifty kilos, but it was shit grade gear. So they yeah. they test the gear to see what the quality is, yeah. and this was like I don't know forty five percent or something, yeah. you know. So they can't nick me for fifty kilos of heroin yeah. because when they've uh, tested it, it's only forty five percent purity, for yeah. instance. So they have to nick me for whatever it is twenty two point four or yeah. you know whatever it comes to, because yeah. that was the heroin. The rest is just the added, you know. So that's what they, that's what it come down to in the end, um, which still had a street value of 4.2. Um, and it was the, at the time, it was the biggest that the customs yeah. had done, um, at least. What year was this? 94. 94. 90, I think it was 93. No, 94. It was 94. 94. So near, well, 29, nearly 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I can't think, I can't, I can't think of anything worse like happening to an. Yeah. A fellow who's just selling snides, working on the doors, bit of a geezer, then getting caught up accidentally in th them finding that in your boot. But the way I just, and, and I don't know whether I justified this to myself to try and cope with that being mugged off. Yeah. You know, the biggest mug that's off. That's the biggest thing would eat away at me every single day of those 14 years or seven years you've done. Right. It. And that's exactly yeah. what was happening. But the way I, I justified it then, and I still do now, is like this happened on a Saturday morning. The previous Saturday, I was doing stuff that could have easily got me a 14 again. Okay. You know, um, you know, it might be going to fucking take someone away. Yeah. 
to somewhere, you know, to deliver them somewhere. And yeah. they obviously didn't want to be taken away. Yeah. But that sort of stuff, you know, I was doing stuff. I'm not saying that I was this big time villain yeah. doing stuff every weekend, but I'd definitely done several things in the past that could easily have got me 10 upwards, yeah. you know. Are you saying, like, when you talk about like again, there would have been a point where I got a, a big stretch somewhere. Yeah. And are you saying there's a, a sort of, of bit of karma? Bit of karma. I was about yeah. to say, there's a bit of karma thrown in there. Yeah. But that's that's a way that I've, I dealt, dealt with okay. getting a 14. Mm. But <clears throat> the other thing that got me through as well was me thinking, when I get out, yeah. I'm going to get these two cunts. Mm. I'm going to, I knew where I was going to, how I was going to take them away, where I was going to take them, what I was going to do to them, and where I was going to fucking leave them, mm. you know, so they wouldn't be found. And I was thinking like that mm. every fucking night. That was the, that was what I'd be thinking of to go to sleep. And then when I got up in the morning, I've still got that fucking vision in my head. And that was for about fucking two years, Dodge. And mm. that was during my sentence as mm. well. Mm. Like, so I've been on remand a year, got weighed off, got a 14. Mm. And then for the first... 18 months, two years, maybe even two and a half years. I can't remember how long it was. But that was like a fucking lullaby to me. You know, I began to, as I'm going to sleep, I'm just thinking mm. about this fucking place I'm going to take them and what I'm going to do to them. And it was, it e was just me. Eating away, yeah. 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 I think that was just a way of me mentally trying yeah. to just yeah. take the power back, yeah. you know. But it weren't until my mate Kenny turned up, who, I mean, Kenny was a cranky little fucker, you know. <laughs> and he's come down into my cell and... Um, I'm chatting with him. And he went, oh, well, them, them cunts who fucking mm. set you up, you know. And I went, and I've pushed the door to him. I went, yeah, well, this is what I'm going to do, mm. Ken. Because <clears throat> he knew where I, he knew this place where, mm. I, where I was going to take him. I went, I'm going to do this <laughs> and I'm going to do that. And when I get him, and he's sitting there. And as I say, this Kenny was a cranky little fucker. Mm. And he was like. Well, he's game. Yeah. Mm. And he was like, gal, like, what, 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 what's happened to you? Yeah. And I, I could, the, the way he was looking at me, was a bit of fucking disappointment, really, you okay. know, as if to go like, this ain't you, you know? Yeah. I'd have a row, I'd have a terror, yeah. but I was never nasty, or I mm. don't think I was, you know? Mm. And he was going, girl, girl, you can't do your fucking bird like mm. this. You know, you've got another fucking four, four years or so. You know, you can't do this. And uh, then I was like, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Then it was that trying to sort of, I definitely didn't forgive him, but it was trying to, wean myself off mm. of that. It was probably about a year, actually, okay. thinking back. But then trying to wean myself off of that, you know, trying to trying to figure a way out to gain a bit of fucking, I'm not here for nothing sort yeah. of thing, you know. You said, roll back a minute ago, you said five got nicked. Mm. What happened to the other fella? How long did he get? You said he got a 16. Mm. Why did he get a 16 and not a 14? Because the way that they'd put it out, there was a... Um, a ladder, if yeah. you like. Sid was at the top. Then there was the next one down, who's the one who got me involved with them. Um, the next one down to that was this other fella called Steve who got the 16. Is that his real name, Steve? Or was yes. That a, no, yeah, okay. his, his but Sid's name. not his real name? No. Okay. So um, Steve was the coach driver who brought me over from yeah. the continent. Where from? Uh, it come over from Holland. Yeah, okay. Where it come from before that, um, I don't know. Mm. But he was he picked it up in Holland, brought it over, and he had a guy with him who was his um you no know, like and it, they were coach drivers, and coach drivers have a co-driver, yeah. don't they? So this Steve had got his mate, who is a coach driver as well, to be the co-driver. And his co-driver, like me, knew fuck yeah. all about it, you know. When he got nicked, he was just a proper and he was a 
I felt a bit sorry for him because he was a proper straight goer. Yeah. You know, he was just a coach driver. Yeah. You know, at least I was fucking crooked and, yeah. you know, stepped on one of my own landmines, mm. if you like. But this poor fucker, he was just a straight goer. Um, so that's that's the ladder. So I was bottom of the ladder. So you had Sid, who got away with it. Yeah. You had a six, Steve got 16. That's, there was the, Sid, this other person, fella, then Steve, Steve, the coach driver. Got 16 and you got 12. Yeah, and in between us was the other coach driver um, who got a not guilty as well. And the top two got a not guilty. Oh, mate. This is like your worst nightmare. Yeah, yeah. But then I'd, I'd already, by the time I got to court, I'm, I sort of knew that I'm very probably going to be getting an 18. I knew I'd be getting a guilty. So you, when you got a 14, it was a result. Is that as, how you had as, it in your mind? As fucking bonkers yeah. as it sounds, because I got found guilty. Two weeks later, I had to go for my sentencing. Yeah. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, 18. When I get out, I'm going to be 35. And then when the judge said, like by, by this point, and I, I'm not, <laughs> when I got found guilty, my fucking legs went away. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I wouldn't say I stood there and went, oh, yeah. I fucking hope you all die, you yeah, know, yeah, giving yeah, all yeah, that yeah. to the jury. Yeah. My arsehole fell out. Yeah. I just went, fuck. And I remember the, the screw going to me, stand up. I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, but so, but when I went back to court, I'd already, I'd got in my head, well, I've been found guilty. I've got to be sensible about this. I knew it, it started at 14. Um, that's where their parameters started for the mm. amount of drugs that I had. I figured I'm going to get an 18. And it was just a realistic thing, you know. I thought me and this Steve are going to get an 18. He might get a bit more because I knew he was further up the ladder. Mm. And, um, yeah, when we stood there and he said about, um, he, he weighed Steve off first of all. Um, and Steve was, on paper, he was just an honest bloke. It turns out he'd been bringing gear over mm. for the longest time, you know. But on paper, he was a straight well, goer white as well. or brown? Oh, I have it no idea. Matter. Okay. But he was bringing, bringing okay. yeah. Um, and then he read my one out and, oh, he gives Steve a 16. And I thought, fucking hell, it's looking good for me. <laughs> then he started like saying about me and the type of person I am. And it was, you're a career criminal, you know, work for London gangsters and, yeah. you know, giving it all that lark. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this don't look too good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm sort yeah, of holding yeah. my breath a bit. Uh, and he went, and then he, he said, like, you know, I've sentenced you to 14 years. And I was like, I'll oh, touch. Mm. Now, in my head, I'm getting out when I'm 33, mm. which is I've just done two years in that yeah. five minutes, you know. Yeah. yeah. And and I was, I, I, I genuinely, I just looked at the judge and I fucking nodded as yeah. if to go, thanks, you know. Yeah. Jesus. That first day in prison and that first year in prison what's that feeling like well on remand is a bit like i say hope i mean it was chelmsford prison okay. which it's the fucking easiest place in is the it world. oh it was so give me an example of what it's like in chelmsford prison uh well i'd i'd fucking screw bring me mcdonald's in one evening you yeah, know okay. That's, okay. it's that that sort of thing you know um it was just it it was a um a lo what they call a local prison where you go to be wait on remand yeah. or be allocated to other jails. So the screws don't want hard time. They're all local guys, you know. But then you go off to the to the bigger prisons. And I went to Swellside on the Isle of Shetby. What was that like? Well, I'd heard it was bad anyway. And when I got into reception, I was talking to the guy there. He went, oh, you're all right as long as you don't go on to A-Wing. It's like Beirut, you know. Mm. And then you go into this other room, you get all your stuff. And then 
they call your name out and tell you what wing you're going on. And it was like, uh, Steve, you know, well, I won't say his surname, but Steve D-Wing, Mansfield A-Wing. And I was like, oh, oh fuck's sake. And, and it was literally having a tear up within five minutes. Within five minutes of being there, the screw gave me, right, you're on this, they're called Spurs. Yeah. So it's like, um, you go onto the wing and there was, um, you come onto the wing, it's a main hub and then there's, it's like a cross, you know, mm. like an X, if you like. Um, coming onto the wing is one of the legs of the X. The other three are, I think there was 15 cells down each spur. I've gone in the ground one. When the new guys turn up, they go into this little spur down here. So he said, you know, he's opened the door up for me. This is yours. I walked in with just a great big sack, you know, what you, what you have of your possessions. Guys come in. He's a user. You can tell straight away he's an addict, you know. Got any fags? And I, or I smoked at the time. I went, mate, I've just got here. I ain't even unpacked. Then a minute or so later, have you, have you found your fags yet? Found your fags? I was like, fuck off, mate. Then he's come in again and I've just fucking... Just give him a backhand, mm. you know, just tend to fuck off. Mm. Then he's come in with his mate mm. and they've just come in for a fucking tear up. I mean, luckily it was just a couple of mm. users, you know, so. But yeah, within five minutes, I've just had a tear up with two guys. Mm. Ain't the best fucking start, you mm. know, and then that's what that was like. But it ain't the best start, but you also sit in the scene. If you haven't tear course. up your game. Yeah. So other people think, hold on a minute, he's game. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then that's what it was like for the first year or so. 18 months till I got in um, to what I am. I'm an artist now, but till I got into the art class and then things started to change a little bit, you know, or my outlook started to change mm. a little bit. I want to go back. I want to go back to you doing your own editing, thinking about the geezer. You could have said he was part of it and it, I've been stitched up. Da, da, da. Were you in contact with people outside of prison at the time going, keep an eye on him, we've got to do this. Da, da, da. Were, you, were you on it? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he, he ended up getting getting uh, assaulted by a friend of mine. Yeah, got cut down the down the face quite badly. Yeah, he had quite a lot of stitches in his face. How did that make you feel? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. But he died uh, a few years ago, probably about. Sid's died. Yeah. Why do you not use his name? Because it. Well, he's dead now, and I've, I never have. It was Sid when I got nicked. I was saying it was Sid, so I didn't have to give his name. Yeah, and I've never give his name. Yeah, never give his name since. And he, he's been fucking. He's been brown bread for years. Yeah, okay. Um, he had a decent family. He was just an arsehole. Yeah. He had a nice. I don't want to. Yeah, but course. for whatever reason, for whatever reason, yeah, yeah I get it. Um, I forget where was we going. Don't know, but I'm enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sid, I want to go back to Sid. We said about Sid, like I would have done my own Sweden every night, thinking about Sid. What you're going to? Oh, I want to go back. So what were you dying? Yeah, right. So when he, what, so so just let's roll back a little bit. You went in at 26. What age were you when he died? I was out, and you I was were, probably about 40. Okay, so you might were out been, for seven might years. Been, might have been less than that. I might have been about. 36, because I was at university, when I come out, I went into university and I was at university, I think, when he died. What university are you going? East London. East London. And I remember when he did die, and I, I'd heard he died, someone phoned up and went, 
Ah, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, someone phoned up and said, Sif. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sif, <laughs> Sif, fuck Sif. you. Someone phoned up and said, I've got, I feel myself flashing red now. Just, I'm a grass all of a sudden, you know, after all these years. But anyway. So you went, so, so, uh, so you come out when you're 33. Yeah. You were saying you're doing your own needle in 33. What was your movements like from 33 to say 36, roughly, when you were... Th- you were out when for I three years or four years? Oh, by this time, I was a different person. Okay. I, I weren't the person. And you'd let him go in your mind? Yeah. How did you deal with that in your mind to let someone go? That was the fucking, possibly the most challenging thing in my life. Yeah. was not so much just letting him go, letting me up, trying to change from the old me yeah. into the new me. Yeah. Because by this time, I wanted to become straight. Um, I discovered art, and to me, art was like a fucking religion. No, like a born-again Christian. Yeah. I even called myself a born-again artist. Yeah. Discovered it, wanted to be a part of it. Started making friends on the out that were artists mm. who had invited me into the art world. And I'm thinking, well, I want to be this artist. I'm pretty good at it, but I can't drag all of yeah. this shit around. Can't carry that emotion. Know? Yeah, I can. With, yeah, I can. I, I knew that I wanted to use my experience as. Um, material for my artwork, yeah. right? When it's further down the line. But I didn't know how to handle, I, I, this fucking thug who went in couldn't come out as an artist yeah. because he ain't going to survive yeah. in the art world. Do you know what I mean? And I knew that that thug weren't the real Gary anyway, you know? And it was that transition because there was no one in there who, um, who you could turn to, you know, a psychologist or anything like that and say, I'm having these. Yeah. These fucking faults and especially back then, especially yeah. in the in the nineties, and you're in a fucking cranky jail where you can't really just go to someone. Oh, I'm having a few emotional yeah. problems, yeah. and they go fuck off. Some mate, go and have them. Yeah, go yeah. And have them when you you know behind your door or yeah. whatever. Um, and yeah, that was the hardest thing was trying to change from the old Gary into this new Gary, and over the course of maybe a year. That was really fucking difficult. And was that difficult when you come out or were you weaning yourself off to go, when I come out, I can't have these thoughts about going going out for Sid with my pals on myself and doing something completely mad. I'm going to go and get a 24. Well, anyone will tell you who's done a a fair bit of bird, even if they've done a year, to be honest. When you get out and you're around normal people, straight people, that's really fucking difficult because especially if you've been away for a long time, you're a different fucking person up mm. here, you know? Because where, you know, like you have everyone's in their car, they might bid their own, call you a fucking yeah, yeah, wanker. Yeah. In jail, anyone looks at you and goes, you wanker. Yeah, it's on. We're, yeah. yeah. But then, even now when someone gives a bit of that mm. in a car, the, the fucking old me goes, yeah? yeah. And then the new me goes, calm down, you yeah, silly yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> But that's, yeah, that's a, a transition that yeah. is always going to, going to be a bit difficult, you know. But that, as I say, that year, nine months, I don't exactly know how long it was. It was fucking too long. And it took me to some fucking dark places because I'd literally stand in front of the mirror, Dodge. Mm. And at the time when I'm trying to make a difference and be a different person, I knew that I had to leave a lot of Mm. me behind, you know. And to stand in front of a mirror, literally in front of a mirror, and be honest with yourself Cut away your bravado. And because I'd look at people on the wing and go, oh, he's a bit of a prick. You know, mm. he does this and does that. Mm. Then I think, fucking hell, I do that and all. Yeah. 
you know, and to start looking at yourself and going, Projections, you're it? a bit of a prick. Mm. And this is a bit that I've, I fucking, that, that is hard because I'd look at myself in the mirror and pick out the bad bits that I've got to try and fucking work on mm. or get rid of somehow. And I'll be looking at all these fucking bad bits. And it, after looking at myself for so long, I'd end up with a bucket full of bad bits about my personality mm. and a fucking egg cup full of good bits. And at one point, I'm like, well, what's the point of yeah. this? I'm an arsehole because yeah. this is proof. Yeah. So what's the point of me being here? And then when you have that little thought, what's the point of me being here? That's when you start thinking. And I never mm. tried any of that. Mm. But- the thoughts were definitely there because mm. I'm going, they ain't much fucking worth to me. Mm. I've been mugged off by these, mm. you know, put in here for something I ain't done. Mm. Not that, and I've, I've never, you know, I've been on lots of radio shows, you know, stuff like mm. that. And I've never been the fucking victim because yeah. I've got myself in that. Mm. You know, I, I was climbing the ladder and I just fucking fell off yeah. it, you know. So I've never tried to be the victim. But at this point, I was like, they've fucking mugged me mm. off. Now I'm fucking looking at myself mm. and I am the fucking mug that they must have thought I was mm. because like there's all of this mm. bad bit of me and there's not much fucking good. And then, uh, you know, you start thinking, well, I'll just fucking end it. I'm no, I'm no fucking good to anyone. You know, I didn't have family at the time or kids, you know, wife and kids, that sort of thing. <clears throat> and I thought, right, no one's going to fucking miss me. And then, uh, yeah, when you, when you start thinking like that, that's the, the hard bit. Then I thought, well, hold on a minute. I've got this little fucking, this little bit of good here. Surely I can shit and pol I can poly polish this turd for a while, you know. <laughs> and I just, as I say, I discovered art. Um, these people were telling me, the artists I was writing to were going, no, fucking, you can be a part of our world. Brilliant. And it was it was that. when I Because the artists I was writing to weren't just sort of, you know, running the mill. Mm. They, they were fucking up there, you yeah. know. And... When I started looking at what they've got in or the art world, what the art world is that I wanted to be a part of, I was like, I was comparing it to the criminal world because mm. it's got a structure. Mm. It's got a hierarchy. There are people you look up to. Mm. There are people that will probably fucking tread on you, you know, on, on their way up, you know, but no one's going to get you a fucking 14, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. So, yeah, there was this structure there as well. There was people I looked up to. I thought, fucking hell, that's like this other little family. And, and a couple of the big names have already said, like, we want people like you in the art world, like diverse, Brilliant. you know, marginalised. So it was that as well. And it was all round about the same time. So luckily for me, I had these bad folks while I was getting this positive stuff from the outside. So a lot of guys have trouble in there um, because all they've got is their bad thoughts on the inside and they haven't got much on the outside, you know, to feed them a bit of positivity. Mm. But luckily, I was corresponding with these guys who were giving me these little bits of, giving me more stuff to put in that yeah. fucking egg cup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good for you. Giving you hope. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. and giving you a community. Yeah. I want to roll back a little bit further. You mentioned earlier, you never touched drugs, weren't really a boozer, but you said when you went into Nick in prison, you started using. No. You started, did you say you started, you tried drugs in there? Oh, uh, done yeah. a few lines. Yeah. And what, yeah. what, what made you want to try it? Because I was in, this when I was on remand. Yeah. Um, someone give me like a lot of coke. Yeah. And just, as I say, I'd never done it before. And he's like, yeah, I'll fucking have, have this fucking like eight for whatever mm. it was. Um, put it up into little parcels and 
you know, knock it out. And, and, and it was all mine. I never had to pay, for, you know, I yeah. never had to give any back. He's given me this. So I thought, fucking hell, I'm giving it to people, you know, for giving the line here and getting phone cards or whatever, yeah. you know. And uh, then I was in the cell one night and I thought, well, I even said to the, this is how fucking muggy is. I go, well, how big's a line that you have to do? <laughs> and he went, well, this is it. And you've got to cut it up for this. And he's yeah. telling me all about yeah. it. And um, so I thought, oh, fuck it. I'll have a, I had a go. And I was like, oh, that ain't. I can't see what, whoa, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Then all of a sudden, I think after I'd had a couple of lines, then all of a sudden I had this fucking tingle inside. It was like a, a warm fountain going down my spine. And I was like, fucking, I could take on the fucking world. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it made me feel really good. And then, uh, yeah, then next minute I'm fucking thinking everyone's looking at me. I'm going fucking punching people in the face just mm. because I'm there's something in my head telling them that they're talking about me behind me back. Mm. And the paranoia's kicked in, you know. That was over the over the course of a, yeah. a week or so being on this gear. Mm. Well, after that, were you thinking this ain't for me? Oh, definitely. Well, there was no more fucking after someone yeah. gives you that much gear and then it's gone. Yeah. It's gone, you yeah, know. Yeah. And I weren't going to fucking buy any. Yeah. Not, not that coke is a thing that flies mm. about in there, you know. How rife is drugs in the prison system? Oh man, I'm talking years ago, and it was it was easy to as easy to get then as it was to go and borrow a fucking half ounce of Golden Virginia. You know, yeah. it's, it's just everywhere, and it's worse now. You know, how many prisons do you move around to in this time in these seven years you've done? Um, you name the prisons. Yeah, well, I went in Chelmsford first for a year. About these are all abouts. About a year, then the swell side was for about three and a half, three four. Um, then from Swellside, which is high security, I went to Downview, which is a C category mid security. Where is Swellside in the country? Excuse me, Isla Sheppey. Sheppey, and where's Downside? Downview? Downview, sorry, is in Surrey. Yeah, okay. Um, near Colshorton. Yeah. Um, so I went down into there for about ten months. Then from there um, was to Spring Hill in Aylesbury for about ten months. And then finished off in Richmond again for about 10 months, which was an open prison where you can go out to work and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So when you're in, Nick, are you just living day to day until you get the nod and go, right, you're moving now, Gary? They just tell you instantly or are they, are they warm in saying, oh, in a few months you'll end up moving there? And why were they moving you? Well, they, they obviously have to, you go in and you're one type of person and they monitor you. And if they think that you're um, eligible or if you're able if you're to a point where you can go into a C category prison, if you're still running about stabbing people, mm. they're going to leave you where they are, or where you are, you know. I um, I was getting in the art class. I'd done one art course. Um, they saw that I had this art thing and I wanted to do it and I applied to do the next art course up. No other prison's done it apart from Downview. Mm. So they could see that I was doing a change, you know, as much as they didn't really help me rehabilitate. They saw that something positive was happening and like, well, push him over there. It's pointless keeping mm -hmm. him here, you know. And I was at that point where I was due to go to be downgraded anyway to a C category. Went in there, um, and it turns out they didn't do that fucking art course anyway. So <laughs> I had to do, um, I had to do ten months there, um, to something, and then be taken somewhere which was an open prison mm. where they did do this art course where I could go out to college. Yeah. God, that gave you a beautiful opening, didn't it? To go right, I've got, I've, I've got, I can focus in. I'm a good artist. I can focus in, home in. Well, it, it, at this point, 
I didn't really give a fuck for my environment as yeah. long as I was able to do my art. That's how strongly I was into it. Because I was like, well, all right, I'm in B category prison. I'm no in my head. I'd gone through that phase, through that change of being, I was going to say being an arsehole to what I am now. But You're you know, just angry. The old, fault. Yeah, the yeah. old me yeah. had changed, had, had done a definite change for the better. Now I just wanted to be an artist. So I didn't want all the vill villainy. I didn't want all the politics on the wing. I didn't want all the fucking rows. So I'm just going to just fucking get on with it, yeah. you know. I'm, I'm doing this. So as long as I was in my cell, pen, paper, pen or pencil, paper, I could draw, paint, you know, do whatever. I was fucking happy as Larry. Mm. And I genuinely didn't give a fuck mm. where I was as long as I could do it. So mm. it didn't matter I was in Swellside until I'd finished this art course and I had to do the next one. So then it's what's well, pointing to me being in Swellside. I just want to go where the next art yeah, course okay. is. So I was- Can you yeah. ask? Can you say, can I move there because I want to do this art course? Um, not necessarily for the art course. You just ask, you know, you, you say you want to be fucking downgraded. Mm. And then they do, you know, they have a look at their files and see if you've been nicked or, you know, the, the reports that you, you have a personal officer in there, you know, and um, they put, give a bit of input to tell you what sort of character you mm. are. And mine was coming back, all right, he just does his art. He's a good fella. Don't get involved in all the bullshit. Yeah. Um, as Head far down. as we know, he's not a user. Yeah, yeah. I was on a drug-free ring as well. Yeah. So we was having constant piss tests, never mm. done a positive. So they go, yeah, he's fucking prime meat to go into a CK, mm. you know. Do you know it's like 80-odd percent of single mum families, people in prison around the UK? I know, it's fucking potty. Uh, how mad's that? Well, it's... And, and, Josh, can you just can you just find out what percent is? I'm really intrigued to find out if it's 80, 85 or something like that I remember hearing. Most of the... I mean, most of the, the women in jails, yeah. oh, it's about 15% of the prison population yeah. is female. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know what percentage are uh, um, single mums from, from that, but I'm well aware that most of the women in jail mm. are in there because of fucking blokes. Yeah. You know, saying, oh, this, do that. Take and, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I think it's 80% of the, the men in there grew up with a single mum. Oh, sorry. Mum. I, yeah. Sorry, I thought you meant most of the women no, in prison No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying 80-odd percent. Oh, I, I don't know. The men in there grew up with their mum and no fatherly figure. Yeah, I, I From you know. being a dad now, looking back, do you reckon that was part, not having a fatherly figure there to whack you around the chops, say, oi, have some respect, da, da, da. Do don't you reckon know. that played a part? It, it, there's so much that could have played a part, but it's all these little fucking little bricks. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could have been that I didn't have a dad around. You know, as I say, my brother is a fucking straight going, honest, good bloke. Yeah. And he had the same everything as me. Mm. So it's it maybe it isn't the environment, maybe it's me. Yeah. Maybe just that little bit of because I've I have tried over these years to try and fucking trace back to Work see it where out. it yeah. you know, because there is a point where you come to a crossroads <laughs> and, take, uh, and yeah. you decide to go to that one instead of that one. Yeah. How old were you in that crossroads, roughly, do you think? Well, I could only trace it back to that fucking knockdown ginger and yeah. knocking on the door. That was fun though, door. right? Yeah. <laughs> but that's the bit where I could trace back being naughty and agitating and wanting that chase. But do you think it's the bit because the knockdown ginger we all done, that was great fun. But you knocking off the old Bill's cap, you're taking it to the next level as yeah, a kid, right? That's because I enjoyed the chase. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I mean, as you can see, I ain't fucking <laughs> I ain't make the running. But it's that that bit of fucking yeah. chase. Yeah. And it was that that dare, that it was that fucking yeah. thrill inside. Yeah. And you know, I've I've done stuff afterwards that I'd push myself to get that fucking bit of adrenaline. Mm -hmm. 
And it's like, it's like you're self-harming because mm. there's no positive can come out mm. of whatever it is you're about to do. Mm. You know, like even like working on the door, you know, it's going to kick off and there's like eight or nine of them and there's you on your own. Mm. So the best thing to do, the logical thing to do is go, all right, then lads come yeah. in. Whereas I'd still stand there and go, nah. Yeah. And they go, well, there's eight of us I go, come on then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so. I ain't trying to no, make, no, make yourself you. sound tough. No, 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 I hear it's you. fucking stupid. Yeah. But that's the sort of logic that I had going on at the time, just pushing myself all the time mm. to do mm. fucking stupid things. So once you've done a sentence and you come out, is it literally just open the door and you walk out? You don't know who's waiting for you. What was, what was, the, what was the movement well, there? In Latchmere House, which is a prison in Richmond, um, you was going out, I was going out to work on a building site with like mates. Mm. Um, and then I applied. So you were in the open prison in Richmond? Was, yeah. How long for? Uh, about 10 months. 10 months, okay. So the first two months you're just doing shit stuff in the prison, then in the community. Then you get a job and then you go out to work and build up a little something. And mm. at this time is when I applied for university mm. and got the okay. So two weeks, two or three weeks before I left prison, I started university. Mm. So the morning that I left university, I just literally, they let me out the door. I got in my, well, I had a car plotted mm. up, um, got in my car, drove to the university and just, and, and it just so happened that I, I got out at like quarter past nine or nine o'clock or wherever it was, half eight. Straight into the first lecture. Straight into the first lecture. <laughs> And it's, it's fucking blinding, isn't it? <laughs> Quality. What's that feeling like when you've come out and people know that you've been nicked for copious amounts of heroin? Well, I'm, a lot of people were going, God, fucking hell, you must be this, you must yeah. be that. And then that made me cringe because that's the, the old me would have gone, yeah, yeah, I've done this and yeah. I've done that. Yeah. I'm making a big fucking yeah. story out of this worst moment in my life, you know, trying to make it sound like I was, you know, in with them or yeah. something like that. And it was making me fucking cringe. And I was going, yeah. but I, that ain't me anymore. Yeah. And for years, I have to constantly go, the old me, mm. you know, that, that was me then, and this is me now. Mm. And it, it was, when when I felt myself cringing, like when I bumped into old mates, they're going, fucking go, how are you? Yeah, I've got a bit of this for you, if you fancy. Yeah. You know, I've got a bit of work here, yeah. if you want. Or someone owes me a few quid. Do you want to go and get in? Because yeah. at this time I was fucking. I was at university. I was brassic, yeah. you know. Um, and I'd be going like, "No, nah, that ain't me anymore." Yeah. I meant it. You know what I mean? Mm. I weren't just giving it to fucking mm. big. And I was like, "No, nah, I'm I'm an artist. I want to be. You know, I'm a, a trainee you. artist." Good for you, Gay. It must have been. It don't, are there knock-on effects when you go travelling abroad? I've been. A, oh, you've been abroad. Okay. Are there knock? Oh, what knock-on have gone? You've been where? I went abroad once to Spain just yeah. a few years ago. You know when you see the blokes with a cling film all around there? Yeah. Bad. That was me. I was <laughs> fucking cling film. I've been, I've just been, in case. I've been webbed up yeah. so much. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. I've, been, I've been given shit in bags once. Yeah. It ain't fucking happening again. <laughs> and because even when I put it on there and I took it out, the, the, the customs bloke, you know, at the airport, yeah. we went, oh, we don't normally pe see people going out with, <laughs> with cling film around it. I was like, I'll just better say some sorry. <laughs> And quality. <laughs> and when we got off the when we got off the plane in Spain, um, they've come out the carousel and a bit of this clink because I put fucking so much of it on there. Um 
yeah, when I come out, like the corner of it had been ripped just where it's been going along different trolleys yeah. and, you know, yeah. conveyors. And it come out and a bit was ripped and I'm going to my other half, I ain't fucking going near that. Yeah, I ain't yeah, going, yeah. I'm going, get them to open it. Yeah. And, and my other half's going, don't be silly. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's it's all intact other mm. than that little corner. Mm. I'm like, yeah, but they might have put don't something in. <laughs> and I know it's fucking irrational. But, but still, of course. It's, it's, you know, of course, yeah. Did they, when you're going through customs, was there a little something on your passport that they've clocked you and gone, hold on, we know you've got Nick for this. No. Straight through? No. Just, Not a problem. Yeah. Okay. But they'll be different if you're in America yeah. or Dubai did, or... Yeah, I did have a... There was one little thing that I've, I've mentioned, like, you know, to yeah, friends yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. I was... I had an honest job. In between ending university, when my boy come along, mm. um, I was... I had started... A, I was about to start a master's when my boy come along. How old were you then, roughly? 20, 33, 4, 5, 36. Okay. I started a master's degree, baby come along, had to stop the master's. So I got a job in a printing plant that yeah. printed newspapers. So you finish that job at like four in the morning and then sort of go home there. So I lived in a place called Chadwell Leaf yep. in Romford, Dagenham. That's where West Ham trained. And yeah, yep. just just behind Are the West training Ham? ground. No, oh. I don't follow football oh, do you know? okay. either. I'm a proper boring fucker okay. when I was young. <laughs> but where their training ground yeah. is, just near yeah. there. Um or the, just be, sorry, just behind the youth training mm. thing. Um, but anyway, so there was this other young lad who was working there as well, lived in Dagenham. Would I drop him off because his brother weren't mm. working, whatever. So I'm driving down the A13 to drop this guy off, which is a few miles out of the way. All of a sudden, get flashed over by the old Bill. So I've gone, oh, fucking hell. So I've pulled over and uh, this young girl's got out, you know, probably early 20s. And she's asked for my, um, or she said, I've got a light out and mm. I banged the, the back light, you know, and it's come on. I went, oh, I'm all right to go now. Mm. Then she went, have you got insurance, MOT and you know, all that on your car? So I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulled, got it in the glove box, you know, and she, and by this time, the, the guy was getting out who was late fifties, probably sixties, you know, putting his hat on. I've come out with, with me, I've got my driving license, MOT, insurance. And she went, oh, we don't normally get people yeah, who, clearly, uh, yeah. you know, have got all the information yeah. on them. And uh, then this couple went, oh, Mr. Mansfield. He said, uh, I heard you were out. And I went, oh, all right, because I'm back on my old yeah. patch, you know. He said, I heard you was straight now, going to university. And I went, yeah, yeah. I said, I'm, but I'm, at the moment, I'm working in the printers, blah, blah. And then that's when she said, oh, we don't normally see people mm. with you know, with all this information. And the couple went, people like Mansfield have got an innate fear of getting a, um, a seven-day wonder and turning up into a police station in <laughs> yeah. case they never get out again. So he's got all this information yeah. on him. And uh, she said something about the MOT. And uh, she, he said, well, even if it's even if it is a fake, it'd be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> so just let him. But that was the only time that I've had a sort of yeah. half, a, half a running, which was a, a comedic yeah. little thing, yeah. you know. But any, that's the only time since I've been out that my past has sort of mm. come. And just, just, just quickly before we finish up, Bill, what, 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 what's been your world in the art world? What sort of art are you doing so people can find you? Well, most of what I do is related. It does relate back to prison. Yeah. My experience, not so much my experience, but the experience of people who end up in prison. So I do look at homelessness and, yeah. you know, anger or fear, trauma. You know, yeah, yeah. all of those. It brushes over those, and I do artwork. I'm what they call, a, well, what you would call a conceptual artist. So it's not a beautiful painting I do. Like the last big artwork I done was a skip, 
with a diagram of a prison cell on it, okay, you know, just yeah. showing the size because a prison cell is the same size as an eight-yard skip. Mm. And I recreated a prison cell on an eight-yard skip. Mm. Um, so it's it's that type of thing yeah. I do, trying to make uh, awareness of people out here that people in there deserve a second chance, you know, yeah. all of that yeah. sort of thing. So now I go into prisons, give talks, give workshops, um, talk on mental health, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, just making a, a decent name for myself there. Good for you, Gary. Good for you. Mate, I've really, really enjoyed this. It's been fun, hasn't it? Yeah, mate, it's been proper fun. I can't I can't believe I turned myself into a wrong and then naming the fella that I haven't named all the time. <laughs> He's dead. Brown years. bread now. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Mate, just before we finish up here, where can people find you? I want people to find your artwork. I want people to find you. I want people to send you DMs and ask you questions because you're a good fella who's helped a lot of people over the years. Well, just on, on Instagram, really, it would be uh, Mizog Art. How do, you say, how do you spell that? M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. Yeah. Um, if anyone's into art, I've got a, an art podcast and an art-related, um, or the, the the company, if you like, the umbrella that I work mm. under is the Ministry of Arts. Brilliant. So that's on Instagram as well. Brilliant. And name your podcast? The Ministry of Arts podcast. Wonderful. And anyone can find that on Spotify, yes. Apple. Yes. Good for you, Gary. What thank a great you, story, mate. Certainly an eventful life. Oh, thank you for your time. Yeah, you're fun. a good man. Thank you, Nice mate. one. Cheers, Gary.